Welcome everybody to chapter 28 of Legion's Cast. Chapter 28, I'll tell you what, it's been a long time. I hate to say that because, uh, you know, we've, uh, we were doing really good there, being almost uh, bi-weekly there, and then fell off the wagon after after Legion's Cast, or Legion's Con, grant you. And, you know, Legion's Con was just, it was just too powerful. It, 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 it zapped me so hard. I, I had, I fell to the ground. I came home from Legion's Con and I was just, I could only crawl around the house. I had no energy left and I just had to recoup. And now I've done it. I, I, I've gotten to the point where I can, you know, walk and then walk a little faster, jog, and now I'm running. So so we're ready to go. I've got my friend here. Jeremy Gerard is here. How you doing, Jeremy? Hey, Lord Steven. I'm thrilled to finally be back with Legion's cast. I'm, we're glad to have you, or I'm glad to have you. You know, I say we because, you know, we... We all own Legion's cast. You know, it's kind of like we're the four horsemen. We're all Legion's cast, right? We are. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, um, this is this is actually the first time me and uh, Jeremy have sat down and talked since I was able to hug him at uh, in New Jersey. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the last conversation we had was in my hotel room Sunday night at right after legions con was done um that was the night where i i retired early and <laughs> emil had some swedish fish for me because <laughs> clearly when someone comes to visit you from sweden you say could you please bring me for some swedish fish from sweden yeah which wouldn't, wouldn't you know american swedish fish are much tastier than swedish swedish fish really yeah, they're, I mean, we put all kinds of artificial garbage in it. I'm sure that's what makes it really good. They, they're probably healthy over there in Sweden or those kinds of Swedish fish. So a uh, little, little fun fact. Uh, Emil came. He stayed with, my, with me and my family for a couple of days before we made, we made the trek to New Jersey. And he brought us some Swedish candy for me and my family to try. Most of it was really good. Probably at least 95% of it was really good. Um, I really like the chocolate stuff that he, he brought us, but he brought us something that was referred to. It came in a little baggie, um, like you would expect like a, a, a gummy worms or something to come in. And, and, and it was called Jungle Roar. And I put that sucker in my mouth and I wanted to cut out my tongue. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever... What did it taste like? It was the saltiest thing. It was like I picked up rock salt, which is what we use here in Michigan to, to clear the roads of ice. And it was like chewing on rock salt with a little bit of black licorice in the middle. And... First off, Stephen, I, I, I live in New England. Yeah. I'm familiar with... I'm familiar with adverse road conditions <laughs> and then rock salt. Okay, I, I, good. I am aware of what rock salt is. But there might be people out there that in California that don't know. Well, that's true. I forget so. this is not just you and I talking. <laughs> this, this feels so intimate that sometimes I forget that we have an audience. <laughs> right, right. So I'm trying to be conscious of my audience, of our audience. But it was it was seriously the most disgusting and Emil was cracking up at my reaction to how gross it was it sucked all the water out of my body like I immediately became in dehydrated and um I believe I believe I lost about 10 pounds 
just from eating that piece of candy. And then, of course, uh, my children ate it and my wife ate it. And we all had the same disgusted reaction of this. How do you do that? And Emil is just like, he, he was like in disbelief. He's like, you guys aren't enjoying this. And so then he just snatches the bag and he just takes a handful of them, throws them in his mouth like M&M's and sh starts chewing on them. And he's got a smile on his face. I'm like, what did they do to you over there? Okay, so the Swedish fish were not bad like right. that. The, I mean, the funny story was when when I when my daughter heard that I had a friend from Sweden that was coming over, she has long said she wants to go to Sweden just to get Swedish fish. And I'm like, well, hell, I'm not going all the way to Sweden <laughs> just to get some candy. That's just silly. Um, so when she heard that he was coming over, she said, can he bring me some Swedish fish? So I reached out to him and I asked him and he said, I don't, I don't think I'm allowed to bring fish into the United States. He and I thought he was fish. messing with me and he might've been, but I'm like, no dude, the, the candy, like the little red fish. And then when I showed him a picture, he's like, Oh, we don't call that. We don't call them Swedish fish here in Sweden. Of course I thought he was just going to call them fish, but no, they call them, I believe Malico which is like the company that makes yeah. them kind of like, you know, Hershey, yep. I guess. Yep. Um, so he did bring us some, and it was really funny because my daughter and I both ate them at the same time. And we, you know, in our head, we had built them up to be like, it was like having Swedish fish from the source. Yeah. Like it was going to be pure Swedish fish, <laughs> just amazing. And we both ate it at the same time and we're like, this is not very good. Like it just, it kind of was just, it, it tasted like a really like off brand, not very tasty version of Swedish fish. Interesting. Now we are going to have to get Emil's other side of the story uh, because he brought home some American Swedish fish to his family. And he said they're better. He Did actually, he? Okay. He sent me the picture and he said these are actually much better than the ones we have in Sweden. So nice. even he agrees that are absolutely probably, I mean probably, definitely horrible for you Swedish fish are much tastier. Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad. So that was a really long-winded way of saying that I turned in for the night and Emil contacted me and said, hey, we're at the hotel. Um, I forgot to give you the Swedish fish. Can we come down to your hotel room? And I said, yeah, of course. And then you and Emil came into my hotel room and we ended up talking for probably another hour plus, just kind of, just kind of reliving the weekend that we had all just experienced and enjoying, just kind of enjoying each other's company and, and just being in awe of of the whole mythic weekend i mean even though clearly i you know helped put it on and you know i got a, a lot of recognition for that um i was i was just like a fan just like any other fan that weekend i was absolutely just amazed at the community and the experience as a whole absolutely and me as well one thing that happened that i kind of didn't expect um what that weekend was a lot of the people that I talked to frequently, you, Len, I didn't get to spend much time with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't really get, I mean, I did. I, we talked, but we were so busy at the show, at Legion's Con yeah. itself. Um, 
I guess the mo- the the longest conversation I had with you was in that hotel room after it was all over. You know. Probably, yeah. Um, I think the the most I got to engage with people. Saturday wasn't bad. Saturday was nice because it was toy con and I really wasn't working. So I got to mingle and stuff um, towards the latter part of the day. I did end up spending a lot of time with Eric going over some business stuff. Um, but I definitely saw some people, but the nights were a lot of fun. That was one thing I didn't expect. Um, I'm, I'm a very early riser. So mm-hmm. anyone that follows me online they might notice that I post typically very, very early in the morning on like my Instagram. Um, that's because I wake up at like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, to be able to do that, I'm an old man and I'm in bed by like yeah. 9 o'clock, you know, um, 9, 9.30. Like Wednesday nights when I'm up for Mythic Conversations, that's about the latest I stay up. Um, at that entire mythic weekend, I still had to wake up really early to do what I had to do and to be where I needed to be. But I remember that was it the Thursday night after intern for a day, you know, after the, the event was done, went out to dinner with everyone from the studio, went back to the studio to get stuff prepared for G con and I like I didn't want to leave the studio because it was you ever been in that environment where you're absolutely exhausted. You know, you have to leave, but you're so terrified you're going to miss something fun. So you don't want to get up and everyone at the table is the same way. They all want to go home, but at, no one wants to end the evening because everyone's having such a great time. Right. That's what it was like that Thursday night. Finally, it was about 1220. And I said, I, I got to get back. I, I'm exhausted drove to the hotel walk in the lobby and there's a group of legions fans in that little breakfast room at the days in i was up talking to them until 1 30 in the morning and that was it was like that every single night yeah. every single night that little breakfast room just became the hangout spot and that was one of my most fond memories because i got to interact with people who i had seen on the cabal many, many times for years, but never really made like a, a real connection with, never yeah. had spoken to in any meaningful way. And I got to engage with them almost as if we were the oldest of friends at that at that day's end. And that I think was was totally priceless. It was. It was uh it was it was it was a lot of fun. I, I experienced the same sort of thing except unlike you. I did just go to bed because I'm because <laughs> I'm a jerk. You were up pretty late though. When the night that we went out to uh, the bar to Mother's, you were there pretty late. Yeah, yeah, we were. I was. Uh, yeah, that, that was that was. Another night. I remember the one night you I I was out. I was down in the breakfast area hanging out with with the group, and then um, I was like, "All right, I've had enough. I'm going to bed." And then apparently, as soon as I walked out, you walked in. And yeah. Then, yeah, you were you entertained him for another hour or whatever, however yeah. much longer. But um. but it was the the entire weekend. It was an incredible experience. I mean, I'm still hearing earlier this week. I caught um, a new show on the Cabal Legion's Lair with Michael Casper and Brad Jones. Uh, they had Ish on, and they were these are three people that 
were all at Intern for a Day and Mythic Weekend. And, you know, a big part of their conversation was just talking about the weekend and their experience. Um, and it was it was great to be able to kind of relive it again through their recollection of it. Um, and it's just was yet another example of what a special weekend that was. Um, and on the flip side, uh, a reminder of what we have to build on for 2022, because here we are just about a month after Legion's Con 2021, and we're already well into the planning of, of next year's event, hopefully going to have an actual date and some logistics to drop very, very soon, certainly by the beginning of the, of the new year. Nice. Can't wait. Um, it is going to be a must show, must uh, attend show for, I think us, my, many of us Michigan folks. Um, we, we've, we've talked about it a little bit. We're like, yeah, it's going to happen again next year. And probably for as long as you and uh, Joe are going to put this thing on. Um, but we are probably going to have to get another van because I don't think one van is going to be enough because there's a lot, plenty of people that did not attend this year that are like, yeah, going next year. So uh, Michigan's invading. We're invading it's, New New uh, New Jersey and taking over. We will we will take you. We will absolutely take you. And at, when when Joe and I were planning it, one of the things that I always come back to, one of the the the, the key mission statements that we had, I said. <laughs> We need to make it so everybody who comes to Legion's Con 2021 has so much fun that they can't imagine missing it next year. And everyone that's at home that sees everything that's going on, they have to say, they have to feel left out and they have to say, there's no way I'm missing next year. And I absolutely think that we accomplished that in part because even before I could post my recollection, my photos, and, and you know, certainly we posted an official recap and stuff on the Four Horsemen's website. Even before I could get to that, the amount of people that were doing it for us, that were you know, evangelizing what a wonderful experience it was, was was staggering to see all of that. So. I, I sat back with Joe and I said, hey, remember when we said that at the start of this planning? Well, mission accomplished. We, I, think, I think we did that. I think you did. I think you did. And uh, i tell you what, I've heard a lot of other people say the same sort of thing. I feel that way. Um, I wish that Legion's Con 2022 was uh, in a couple of weeks. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready for it yet, so <laughs> I'm happy it's not in a few weeks, but I, I understand what you mean. It's funny. I'm sure you heard this from a lot of people where there was this sense of amazement where people were like, there wasn't, there wasn't a jerk in that entire place. Everyone was so cool. Everyone was just so positive. Um, and I heard that comment and it's like, part of me was like, well, yeah, it's the Legion's community. That's, that's what it's all about. Why are you surprised by that? But then, you know, I think about how hard we all work for that, how hard, you know, Walter and everyone who runs the cabal works to keep that as a positive community, how hard, you know, the horseman in the studio works to 
you know, set an example and have that positivity be something that starts with them. Um, and how hard, you know, Joe and I work to bring in the right people. You know, we, we, we wanted to make sure that there were vendors there and there were exhibitors that had cool stuff to show, but ultimately were really cool people as well. So I agree with that statement 100%. I know that work goes into it, but I mean, ultimately, I say that to everybody that's getting into the line that's new is, you know, you, you've, it sounds almost like a, a marketing line when I say that you've never seen a community or an experience like this, but give it some time, come to the show, experience it, and you will sit back and you will say, yeah, Jeremy was totally right. This is like nothing I've ever seen before. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. Well, if you haven't been there, get there next time. Don't miss out because you won't be in that special club. And everybody wants to be in the special club of, hey, I was there in 2021. I was there when Pete McCarthy was wearing Steve's clothes around in the, in the, in the hotel. You, want to, you need to see that stuff. And you can only see it if you're there. So don't miss out next time. We're going to be bigger and better with the stuff we've got planned. Like I said, every year, every time we do this, we learn new things. We figure out ways that we can improve it for subsequent years. So every year of Legions Con, when, whenever anyone says, what's the best Legions Con ever? The answer is the next one. Perfect. Perfect. Um, we've got a good show for you tonight. Uh, other, other than just, you know, uh, a bashing uh, love for Legion's Con. We've got some other things to talk about, and I got, I got, I got one thing. I got something that's on my mind. Okay. And uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it, uh, but I've been noticing in the community a lot. Uh, mostly, you know, I spend a lot of time in, in, in Mythic Legion's Cabal. Uh, that. You know, I don't know if you know this about me, Jeremy, but I, 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 I pick up a paintbrush every now and then, and, and I, you know, I do some paint work. And, um, you know, I like to think that I've improved since I started doing that, and I've gotten gotten better. And, uh, and uh, in the last uh, year or more that I've really been serious about this, I've been noticing an influx of people that. I have not seen post custom work before um, or paint work and they just come in here like the new guy and they post a picture and it's really good and it's kind of ticking me off because um, you know I kind of feel like they haven't been in the game long enough to be so good and it's kind of making me feel bad about myself. And so uh, here's the deal here. I wanted to just say that we need to get a handle on this. And uh, I think we need to get us customizers, us painters, I think we need to be more like old school tattooers where we don't give up our secrets. We don't tell you about the dry brushing. We don't tell you about the washes. We don't tell you about the secret formula to make goblin green. We We hoard that stuff. Because obviously some people are getting all this information and they're getting better than me awful quick. 
So what I do before, before we started this uh, show today, I just finished up recording one of my short customizing tutorial videos on how to paint, ma paint match scaphoid because I've been seeing so many people ask that question. So you're suggesting that I need to stop what I am doing. Have you posted it yet? Not yet. Erase it. Erase it. Put it in the vault. Put it somewhere safe. Lock it up. Throw it. Get a combination and throw away the combination. All right. So let me comment on this. Um, number one, Stephen, yes, I agree with some of the things you said. I am aware that you pick up a paintbrush from time to time. And yes, you have gotten considerably better. Steven, the stuff you had at LegionsCon on your table was absolutely stunning. You had some great, great pieces there. The work that you did on, you know, a lot of the, the new parts you created with, with Emil, all of the, you know, the, is it the Corrupturans? Yeah, the Corrupturans. Corrupturans. Gorgeous stuff. So, yeah, without a doubt your work has consistently blown me away, especially lately. But I also agree with you that the amount of new talent that's coming in is, it's crazy. It seems like before you saw someone do that slow build, you saw someone do some customs and you were like, oh, that's a good first piece. And then that you could see that progression. Now, right out of the gate, these people are coming in and consistently blowing me away. Um, <laughs> I love it personally. I think it's great because I've, I, I've also never, I've also been very vocal about saying I'm not the best painter out there. And I get inspired by seeing some of this work, but I will say Stephen, that I think some of the reason we're seeing so much of this is because of the work that creators like myself and you have put into this community. Um, I know you jokingly were saying that we need to stop sharing our secrets, but the reality is sharing the secrets that we have shared, um, our years of experience customizing these, the barrier to entry to become a Mythic Legions customizer is less than it's ever been. Agreed, and that's where I, I, I you know, I'm going to stop being tongue, tongue in cheek and be kind of real here. Uh, that's what uh, is, I think is actually kind of fun about what's happening, and, and I think that's what is causing this influx is <clears throat> so many people are out there post posting pictures that I'm inspired all the time, and I'm, I, I see things, you know, I'll, I'll see someone's work and I'll be like, damn, that's good, and I'll zoom in there and I'll look at their eyes or how they did their eyes or maybe the what they put around their eyes and, and what color. And the next time I'm painting, I'm thinking, how did that person do that? I got to figure it out. I got to try something to try to to mimic what they did or what they saw. And sometimes it goes horribly wrong. And sometimes it goes accidentally right. And, yep. you know, and, and so you'll be, you just, it's, we're constantly, I feel like everybody's constantly giving somebody a boost. They're like giving them a little, you know, they're stepping in your hands and you're, you're, you're boosting them up. And then that person boosts somebody else up. And we just, as a community of, of creative people that just love the line and love to create and love to, to make new things and, and, and actually exercise our imagination through these toys. Um, 
we're just getting better and better and better and better. And, and, and we're getting, we're doing it together. Yeah. There's again, back to the, the quality of the community. It is so incredibly supportive. And I've said, I've long said this when people come into the legions community and I said, if you think the legions community is cool, there's a community within the community. Cause let's be honest. I mean, you and I are both heavy into the customizing. So for us, not customizing legions is a foreign concept. However, it's a small percentage of Legions fans that do what we do. Yes, lots of Legions fans do simple pop and swaps. They change heads and stuff like that. Um, but to go into the depth we do, it is it is not the majority of Legions fans that do that. So I always tell people that that minority, that community in the community is amazing because the amount of support, the amount of um, knowledge sharing that everyone's willing to to offer each other is unprecedented and if you've ever been in any other kind of creative community trying to produce ideas and produce art you can do it for yourself and i i had a conversation about that with someone recently that i'll talk about but you can produce art for yourself but when others around you who you admire and appreciate their work appreciate yours that that's fuel that feeds the energy so this community is not only supportive but that support goes also to the inspiration level where we're all feeding off each other and you know Stephen, what you just said about how you see something that someone did and you're like oh that's really cool i want to try that next time i think once you start doing this work you realize that there's only a handful of techniques there's a handful of techniques and everything that any of us <laughs> it's there's wrong. you have to have you have to have a God-given talent. There's no techniques that you can learn to make yourself a good painter. You're either born a painter or you're not. Steven, <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with you. There's a handful of techniques. And everything all of us do does, it's just different ways of applying those techniques. So once you get that experience, I tell people all the time, just do it, D do the work, customize the stuff, make mistakes, learn. Once you do that, you get the skills, you get the muscle memory. So then when you see someone do a really great custom, you can look at it and you can say, oh, I know how they did that. I can see the wash. I can see the way they did this. And you can almost deconstruct how they achieved it. So next time when you're doing something and you want to achieve that similar type of result, you almost have the roadmap in your mind of how you're going to get to that destination. Um, it takes, it just takes some experience. It just takes some time to play around and, and learn those skills. But I do think that that is one of the reasons we are seeing such an influx of new talent is inspiration breeds more creativity and this is a community that has inspiration like like i've never seen anywhere else you know who ticked me off recently who ticked you off recently you Steven? ever hear of trevor uh trevor williams i have heard of trevor williams Goes by trevor williams is a dangerous man <laughs> dangerous man i know exactly the post you are talking about <laughs> so 
Because he's not content. He's not content just taking wonderful photography, is he? No, no, no. This guy goes by the name One Six Shooter. And so if you ever run into this guy, knowing he's packing, he's packing a six shooter. And I think he's looking for six devastating ways to be talented. Because he starts out with, you know, being, like you just said, he wasn't happy with just being the photography guy. And then all of a sudden he starts posting pictures of painting, and I'm like, son of a gun. And I texted him right away. And I'm like, listen here, buddy. If you and I want to remain friends, you better back off. I got enough competition, because I view this as a competition. I'm trying to destroy everybody. And I'm trying to be the, the winner of painting, Ted's. And I'm not there yet. I realize there's people that are better than me, but got to remember, I'm climbing the mountain and I'm coming for you. So, um... So yeah, I, I I totally gave him what for, and uh, I, I I think he's slowed down. I haven't seen much since. It's only been a couple of days, but you might have scared him. I hope I did. But I, I, I did, did, in all seriousness, I did see that exact that exact photo. He he painted some stuff because I, I it's funny that someone actually mentioned they said like that you know he's. Uh, like multi-talented being able to do the photography and i was looking at the stuff and he had this rust work in there and i was just looking i was like oh that looks so good so good yeah Yeah. the the amount of talent it's it's absolutely incredible it's it's very fun because i mean you figured let's say you didn't have let's say we're living before social media and we didn't have these ways to see everybody's work you would sit down and, and if you did decide to do this sort of thing and customize and whatnot and you know do paint work um you would just probably do a lot of the same stuff over and over you would find your way that you thought would look the best we're here you're constantly getting bombarded by oh i did this this i used to think this looked good but now look at what this person did that's better and i gotta try to figure out how they did that and um yeah it's it's a it is is a super creative uh environment and um the thing I always heard for, you know, and this is if I'm going to be surly and act like I'm I'm in a position to be giving advice, this is the advice I, I, I give the most is um, if people ask for it. And I don't realize people listening to the show didn't ask for it, but you're welcome. Um, they, they come up to me, they came up to me a lot. I heard this at least two or three times at... Um, Allegiance Con, I was like, man, I don't know how you do this because I would be so afraid I'm going to screw it up. I'd be so afraid I'm going to screw up a head. And I'd tell them, it's just paint. It's just paint. If if it doesn't look good, paint over it. I mean, obviously there's a limit to that. You can paint over something so many times that you lose the sculpt and it gets gets crusty and goofy looking and and you do have to stop at some point. But, But really, I mean, you can do a lot before it gets to that point. You can do a lot of screwing up. And I told him, I said, you know, don't don't grab your Sir Ignatius and, and, and paint that. You're at Legion's Con. Pick up some of these heads that are $10. Yep. You know, if you screw it up, you're only out $10. Yep. But, you know... You can, you can, you can, it's a lot of practice. It's just, you, you think, you think artists don't throw away palettes of things that they, they screw, or that pal, palette, no. Canvas. Canvas. That's what looked nice. See, you're in my head. Um, you think they never throw away a canvas because they just were like, screw this, this sucks, and just throw it away. I'm sure it happens. I know it happens. Yep. You know, 
And if you're worried about, you know, what it costs to buy another canvas, you're not going to get any better. That's just how it is. You know, the amount of people at Legion's Con that came up to me and not only thanked me and thanked Joe for the weekend, but thanked me for the inspiration that I had given them through my tutorial videos, through, you know, Mythic Conversations, through Legion's Cast. That is feedback that touches me. That, that I mean, I love that so incredibly much because it is something I try to foster. Um, I... I know how much this hobby has changed my life. Um, and that's, that's not, I mean, that's honestly the truth. I, I, I cannot imagine what my life would be if I did not have legions and I did not have this community in this hobby. So it means so much to me. So when someone comes up to me and says, you helped inspire me to do the things that you do, that is the highest form of praise and ultimately i do i know we're you know joking around a little bit i really do believe that anybody can do this that that's why i always tell them you know for your first piece please don't buy a dwarf head they're hard as heck to paint <laughs> trying try, if, if you need a head that you need to paint match to a skin tone you're setting yourself up for a very frustrating first piece there are so many pieces that you can do that are so much easier. You know, getting that initial project done, getting that that piece on your shelf and building that confidence the same way you build those skills, before you know it, you are going to be putting out some stuff that is going to absolutely blow people away. And I'll tell you, Stephen, talking about Legion's Con, there were a number of exhibits there you know, because obviously all the big names were there. You know, there was the Nikki Nicole Cheney's, the Dennis Derby's, the Lord Stephen Bashadis, the Emil Wickman's. You know, all of these customizers that are very well known in our community were there. But there were a number of lesser known artists yeah. that were there whose displays blew me away. So much so that when I was done, I called Len and I was like, I need to rethink my entire display next year because I was embarrassed by the way I was exhibiting my work when I saw the way that some of these other artists were exhibiting theirs. I was inspired by the, the customs they created, the way they presented them, the whole package. I was so incredibly enthused about it that I was already thinking about ways that I want to step up my game. Absolutely. There was, there definitely was a lot of that going on. It was it was it was amazing the stuff the people, yeah. Um, what you just said, I can't say it any better. It's it's absolutely true. Um, yeah. Well, I guess the moral of the story is, if you ain't born with talent, quit. Please, <laughs> just quit. The moral of the story is that anyone that can can do this and the community, as as much creative output as this community has, there's so much more room for more. So keep it coming. For sure.
Now, on to our other topic. Jeremy, you want to you take us into this one? Yeah, so we wanted to talk, you know, we wanted to get back to the figures and talk a little bit about the figures. And, you know, I love, I love to just pick people's brains about things, especially, Stephen, when you and I start talking, because we've been in the line since the beginning, when we start talking about our opinions on things, um, I always find that really, really exciting. So one thing that you hear from allegiance collectors all the time, I was mentioning this on my show recently as well, is that there are always sleepers in the line. There are figures that you initially may look at and say, I'm not really, I don't really like that figure very much. That, that's one that I don't know that, that I need in my collection. Um, but I encourage people if they can afford to do so to go all in because I've had so many figures that I didn't think I was going to love that once I got them in hand, they blew me away from the perspective of the figure themselves, but also from the perspective of being uh, a great base for customs and kit bashes. So I thought it would be a lot of fun if we picked a handful, maybe five or so figures each that were absolute sleepers for us. Again, figures that when we saw initially, we weren't real warm on, but once we got them in hand, blew us away. All right, that's that is going to be fun. Um, I've got my five figures sitting here, so I wouldn't forget them. Okay, uh, I, I I've got I've got them. I don't have the figures, but I've got tabs on my computer. Would you like to start, Lord, or would you like me to? Um, I could start, I guess. Uh, first Please. out of the bat, I'm going to go with a very recent figure that okay. I, I is it was something that. I, I always knew I liked it. I just didn't really realize how much I was going to like it once I got it. And uh, was in it's part of the Aerithier wave. Uh, it's something that wasn't really on my radar. Like when I would think about the Aerithier wave, I wouldn't think of this figure. I wouldn't be like, oh, this is the one I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's, I'm going to really enjoy. Um, and I went back and actually bought a few extra of it. And it is. This is Belfort. Oh, Malfar. Okay. That's not who I thought you were going to say. It isn't. What did you think I was going to say? Uh, I have one from that wave that literally fits all that criteria as well. That when I first saw this figure from the Aerithier wave, I was like kind of lukewarm on it. Said, yeah, it looks kind of cool, but I, I don't I don't really imagine needing multiples. And it became a great base, as is, is a wonderful base, and amazing base for customs. And that's actually the Red Shield Soldier. Oh, really? You know, I got to tell you, something about the frog helmet, when I first saw it, I didn't, I thought it looked really silly and oversized. Even though that helmet, it looks exactly like it's supposed to, but when I finally held it in hand i realized that the head is super proportional it fits perfectly and the the sculpting of the new pieces on that that went from a figure that i was like yeah it's a little plain i don't really want it to probably being my favorite knight base knight figure in the line it's a very good base love knight. it love that figure so so much that's a figure you i i if I had 20 of them, I could, I would say I want more. Oh yeah, absolutely. For customizing I, purposes and just, just, just that I love it. 
it, it just, I mean, well, first of it also comes with the three different heads. So you've got some looks right out of the gate. Um, I remember being at ToyCon in May and talking to Diego from the studio and we were talking about whether or not the tongue from the Hellfire Goblin would fit inside the Red Shield Soldier's visor. So as soon as I got home, I tried it and it immediately became one of my favorite looks because it's so incredibly creepy looking. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's so In ridiculous. a good way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love the new parts on that figure, the the scalloped shoulder armor and the waist armor, so much that when I was choosing the parts for Sir Gerard, I chose those parts because I just think they look wonderful. So Red Shield Soldier is totally my pick, but we kind of glossed over your pick of Malfar a little bit. Um, yeah, I think Malfar, he's a great figure. For me, though, he was one I was actually pretty excited for. So I don't have that same sense of him being a sleeper for me because he was one that I thought was just going to be super fun to begin with. I, I love that, that, that head sculpt. Uh, the, yeah. There's something about it. It's just so sinister, creepy, evil. Uh, <laughs> I love the way the horns drape over his ears. Uh, I like them. I, you know, I got the big wings on one and I've got a couple of ones with the little wings in my, in my, my shelves and I love them both. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's, I put the, I put the big, the big wings on actually live on the air. The night that I did the air at there, they weren't really unboxing cause they were all open already. But when I did that on mythic conversations, Somebody live on the show said, how do the blue wings look on Malfar? And I hadn't tried it. So I literally was like, oh, I wonder. And I did it live on the air and like was just like, oh, this looks so good. And it that's does. how I have them displayed now. It does. Um, and But, you know, the small wings look good, too. I mean, they do. it's really they do. cool. They do. In fact, I took the I took so I ended up with a set of because because I use the big wings on one of them i ended up with a set of those wings so i painted them red to match um the female demon what's her name zaria yeah she looks really good with those wings on her back yeah. the smaller wings. i have so i turned zaria into like a succubus type character and i have her with a very inexpensive pair of wings um i have her with some wings from a uh, motu classics drago man oh okay yeah wow yeah, because cause those are just lying around, right? Yeah, I was going to say, poor, there's a poor Drago man out there now with no wings? What'd you do? There is. What'd you do? Uh, do you still honestly, have it? My, uh, Jacob, my son, he his Drago man, he wanted it to be more of a, uh, like a Dragonborn type character. And a lot of times, uh, Dragonborn don't have wings. So he created more like a dragonborn cleric type character. So he wasn't using the wings. So I didn't paint them. That's the whole trick. They look great on Zarya as is. So there's no paint on the Drago man or the wings. So I could restore the Drago man back to his original condition. Should that ever be necessary? Mm. Not going to lie. I bet you it looks great, but it's giving me a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> There's a Drago man with no wings. 
There is, there is. All right, so I have one that I want to bring up. And we just talked about a very recent wave, so I'm going to flip the script here, and I'm going to kick it old school and talk about the first time this ever happened, okay? All right. So Mythic Legions 1.0, you've talked before about your 1.0 buying experience where you went in with Travis and you went in together and you kind of picked who gets what. Um, I did that same thing, but I did it with myself where I was, as that campaign was going on and I, they kept adding more figures, I was trying to figure out who I wanted. And remember 1.0, I wasn't customizing at this point. So I wasn't buying figures purely for the customizing and kit bashing aspect. Um, but as I started going through and being like, well, I want two of this because I want to display them side by side as soldiers and you know different heads and stuff, I got to the point where I realized that it was almost the same amount of money to buy the all-in versus what I was getting. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go all-in. I'll just flip the figures that I don't want. Because this was after the Gothatropolis Ravens had been available, and those things were selling for crazy money. So I was pretty confident that I could make my money back. A figure that I intended to sell because I didn't really like him, and now I can't understand why I didn't like him because he's one of my favorites, was Sir Gideon Heavensbrand. I I think I understand. Why do you... Because I look at it now, and I'm like... It's such a cool, heroic-looking knight that I'm like, what about it didn't I like? The only thing that I can think maybe I didn't like is his mustache. So, I was not... Like, I liked him, but I was not over the moon about that figure. Um, And this is a funny story. You do have a little bit wrong. Me and Travis were going to go in halfway, but Travis screwed me at one point, and he just said... Nope, I'm not going in halfway. I'm going all in. And he forced me okay. He forced me to do more as well. I didn't quite go all in. I did the... There was a 16... You could get the 16 figures. And I got, like, no builders. And then I ended up adding stuff. Because if you remember, the Horseman came back, like, a month later. And there was... You could, you could, after the original Kickstarter, you could pre-order more. Yes. And I had saved up more money, so I went more. I got almost all in, but I wasn't quite all in. Um, I did it. I got a second all-in. So I got the all-in in the Kickstarter, and then I was so hyped on it that when they came back and they said, okay, we're going to do another pre-order, I got another all-in. Yeah, Travis did that too. <laughs> guys are jerks. Um, so, but no, I, I remember getting him, and I, I thought he was cool and everything. And then, so, like I said, I was stripping down. I didn't get any army builders, and I didn't get any weapons packs. So I did not have the Heaven's Brand Sword. I go over to Travis's house, and he's got Heaven's Brand standing there holding the Heaven's Brand sword, and that changes everything. When he's got that sword in his hand, I was like, oh my god, that's my favorite figure. And and, and then I went and I hunted hunted down the Heaven's Brand sword and paid a ridiculous amount for that pack. Well, probably not ridiculous by today's standards, but it seemed bad back then. I think I paid 50 bucks for that whole set that comes with the Heaven's Brand sword. Which yep. is twelve dollars, I think, originally when you got it yeah. right straight from the horseman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so mine's sporting the Heaven's Brand sword, and I'm like, yeah, he, I, I get it, where he just doesn't pop until, until you see him in person, and and I do think putting that sword in his hand does something to him. It, 
gorgeous figure. I mean, obviously was also re-released in All Stars One. Um, just looks looks like a a heroic knight, you know, but not. It's got enough design element to it that it's not just like I mean, like the Templar figures, as cool as they are, they're they're a fairly generic looking knight. You know, they've got the bucket helmet. Um, Gideon, he's got the personality, he's got the face. I love the fact that the visor can be positioned either open or closed. I look at it now and I love it so much that I, I genuinely am just like, what was I thinking? Why was this a sleeper for me? But it absolutely was, Stephen. And how in that world does he look so heroic as Heaven's Brand and he used the same head on Viteris and he looks like he is a snooty jerk? Um, is it the well, eyes? I, it's got to be the eyes. I think it's the eyes. It's it's. I think it's the attachments. Gideon comes with, you know, obviously the the, the, the wings on the side and the eagle on top. Vateris has the horns and the spike, and he's got, you know, the purple eyes. Um, the way it's presented, yeah. yeah, it's it is, but it's an example to your point of how a different presentation and paint applications can totally transform a part in the line. All right, well, I'll see you are 1.0. What do you got? Pick. And I think this is a popular one that was a sleeper for many people. Oh, yes. But, uh, yes. Yeah, I think I mentioned him earlier in the show because he's sitting on my, he was sitting on my desk. Sir Ignatius, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Sir Ignatius. So he was absolutely a sleeper. <clears throat> yeah. I, I thought he was neat. And then I got him in hand. And, and that, that's, I mean, you're talking pre Trevor Williams uh, photographs of these things when you see them, you know, when they advertised them and everything. So, um, I don't think you could really tell how this pearlescent look to him was really going to come off in the pictures. And then he got him in hand and I'm like, Oh wow. I kind of almost didn't expect this. Well, um, you and many, because yeah. he was one. Sir Ignatius was one of the least produced figures in that first wave. And it became a perfect storm that when the figures finally shipped, obviously not a lot ordered means not a lot produced, not a lot in the market. As soon as everyone starts getting their their waves in, their orders in, and they realize how great these figures are, they're suddenly like, I've got to go back and get all the ones I skipped. So now a lot of people skipped Ignatius, but there's not a lot of extras, so there's not a lot being sold that figure almost out of the gate was like what three hundred dollars yeah people were so that's one of the reasons why all-stars one mythic legions all-stars one is the only all-stars wave ever produced that didn't include a fan vote all-stars one was selected by the studio and it was a combination of figures that had sold really well but were so popular that people wanted more, like Asterion the Minotaur mm -hmm. and the Barbarian Builder, and then figures that were wildly underproduced because they weren't popular, but suddenly people really, really wanted them, like Orn Steelhide the Green Dwarf and Sir Ignatius. So a lot of people slept on him because they didn't realize how great he was going to look with that pearl armor. I didn't. So, all right, what you got next? 
so Advent of Decay. I remember when this figure was introduced, he was a dud. Like people were like, what? This like really? They were just so underwhelmed by this figure. And I got to be honest, when I saw it, I wasn't that excited for it either. And it has since become one of my favorite figures, specifically from a customizing standpoint. Any guess who it is? Advent of Decay is 2.0, right? Am I right? There are, there are 2.0 figures in it's Advent the, of Decay. It's the 2.0 Kickstarter wave, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure I was, because some of these names have Coliseum, and I get them, I get them yep. a little mixed up. Yeah, this was I'm one... going to guess Balaam. No. no okay. ba Balaam was super popular was right he? from the beginning. I didn't yeah, like him. Was... I never got him. I did. I do have him now. He's still in the package. He was popular. Um, The Cavern Dwarf. Oh, wow. I would have never guessed that. Cavern Dwarf Legion Builder, because think about it. There's nothing on the Cavern Dwarf Legion Builder that we didn't get in 1.0. So even though we got figures in Advent that had 1.0 parts like Hagnon and Balaam, um, they introduced new pieces. Balaam had the new cat head. It had the new cat tail. Hagnon had the new head. It was totally transparent. The new chains. We got that so giant bulky shield. What's up? We got that giant bulky shield with, with the Cavern Dwarf. I know it's not a... Didn't we? We did... But when Cavern Dwarf was first introduced, they didn't show those pieces. All those pieces okay. that Cavern Dwarf comes with, the big shield and stuff, those were introduced after the fact. When they first showed Cavern Dwarf, people were just like, this is just like the Silver Dwarf and the Bronze Dwarf, but it's a different color. Um, and I was a little underwhelmed also because I wanted a new head. I wanted something new. When Prior to Cavern Dwarf, the other... 1.0 style figures that we saw in Advent had something new. So Cavern Dwarf was one that I wasn't real hot on either. But that figure, from a customizing standpoint, something about that base, that base color, um, outside of the Bronze Dwarf Legion Builder, which I think is a great base color to work with, the Cavern Dwarf is one I love as well. Since that that kickstarter i think i got two of them in that kickstarter since that kickstarter i probably brought bought 15 more yeah. for customs so cavern dwarf was totally something i did not expect and by the way i can say this about all legion builders i was one of the people that wasn't super high on legion builders to begin with because i wasn't customizing with 1.0 so i was just like well these are the same figures with less paint apps yeah, they're a little bit cheaper, but I'd rather pay the money to get the paint apps. I didn't at that time understand the wonderful fodder bases that they would create. So I could say that every Legion Builder early on was a sleeper, but Cavern Dwarf is one I definitely would have to, to put up there. Gotcha. I, feel the same. I felt the same way back in the day as far as uh, I would give up Legion Builders to get the, the main characters and... Yep. Uh, Something yep. I, I have I have since uh, kind of switched my feelings on. Um, so, all right. So I guess it's my turn, huh? Well, here's one that people might be surprised that I thought it was kind of a sleeper to me, but I just wasn't really. I thought it was obvious, if that makes sense. 
and that is Mr. Torgan Redfin. Oh, okay. I really didn't care. I'm like, Mohawk. Yeah. Orange Mohawk. It's bright. It's a Mohawk. It's a dwarf. He's muscly. It just seemed obvious. It didn't, you know, and, and it was just like, huh. And, and I remember people being really excited to get him. He was an early release at one of the New Jersey yeah. conventions. And I, yep. I remember, I think Anthony Halseal picked one up and he was early and he was like sending me pictures and he was like, oh my gosh, it's so great. And I was like, oh yeah, it's pretty cool and everything. But only when I got it in hand and uh, really just for some reason something clicked about him and um, I began to understand the the love for this guy and now he's <clears throat> he's one of my favorites um he's one of my favorite dwarfs he's not my favorite dwarf but he is one of my favorite dwarfs yeah you know what steven i feel like this is yet another example of a figure that a lot of people slept on a lot of people didn't didn't go big on him because i feel like when that wasteland wave finally shipped he was the one that everyone I saw trying to chase down everyone saying like, Oh, he's one that I skipped. So I've, I've, I've got to find him. I've got to grab him. Yeah, for sure. It seemed like there was kind of a mad rush there for a little while. Maybe there still is. Um, I know his price was up for a while. I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked at him recently, but, um, good figure though. I like him a lot. He is fun. He is fun. He's also one that when they recently released in the Aerithere Wave the hand and feet packs, he's a figure that I've seen a lot of people, and I, I did it as well, swapped out the feet, swapped out the hands to give him the bare hands and feet, and I think it, it actually works really well on that base figure. Yeah, it does. I, I, can, I mean, I, I, I'm picturing it in my head, and I can see that. that. That would definitely work with him. Maybe I'll have to do that. I love the hands and feet packs. I love them. Yeah. I love them more. So the hands and feet packs are another sleeper we could talk about because that is one of those things that I didn't think was going to be as transformative as it is. And once I got them, I just realized that they add so much to the display of the characters. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's that figure? I'm so bad at some of these names. Okay, Wave 1, he's the uh, the blue uh, wizardy looking dwarf. Jorin Runeshaper. Jorin Runeshaper. He is kind of a wizardy dwarf, but, you know, we don't have cloaks at this time in the line. You can't really wizard him up too good, but, you know, gave, they gave him a, uh, they did a good job. And his beard's different and everything, and he does have yep. a wizardy look. But the expressive hands really help him. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I've got I've got the hands on him, and it really uh, it holds his. They hold his uh, staff that I have in his hand. I don't know if he came with it or if I gave it to him from somewhere else. I forget because I swap a lot of weapons around and do things with sure. my with my toys. But um, yeah, that's just a, a great use for those hands. This is him. He looks much better with them. Um, All right. So I'm gonna go back. I'm going to come back to another newer figure that was a bit of a sleeper for me. And this is going to be a female character. So I'm, I'm not as big a fan of the female figures in really in any toy line. I I've always liked, I've always liked, I guess the male figures more. Um, 
I love the female figures in Mythic Legions, but if I had to make my a list of my favorites, I don't know that there would be a lot of the female characters on it. That being said, one figure that totally blew me away, female figure, was the recently released Hadriana figure from the Aerithair wave. I knew she was going to be on your list. Dude, so good. So, so, so good. And I mean, there's not... Looking at that figure, what blew me away, I think, about it is outside of the head, there's nothing else new on it. It's all body parts that we've had since Advent of Decay. It's the same base torso and armor that we've gotten on, you know, those those female knights for years now. But something about the configuration, the color applications, the helmet, the fur cape, just the the pieces that were used to make that figure, the 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 sum of the parts, I guess, are greater than than the sum themselves. It's just amazing. The parts themselves, absolutely amazing. That is one that immediately skyrocketed. That was that was the sleeper of that wave for me. Even though I've already chosen Red Shield Soldier, Hadriana was the sleeper of that wave for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I've heard a lot of people. I remember a lot of people saying so too, and that they shared your opinion of that. Okay, well, I guess it's time for me to do a, a female figure since I happen to have one. And this one, I I hear a lot of people say that they're not a huge fan of it. I I love it. It's pretty much a head sculpt that's new here, I think. But I love Queen Urxa. Queen Urxa, okay. Yep, she is. Uh, I love this head sculpt. I love the the headdress that she has. Uh, the skull crown whatever that is is so cool and just something about um her face her look she's kind of weirdly pretty but she has tusks you know it's kind of a weird look but i'm into it and uh yeah the bare feet the i don't know she's kind of she's an orky barbarian looking shaman kind of looking dreadlock creature that i think is just amazing and there's not a whole lot new there it's basically a new head right yeah well, i mean that whole wave was new so they were new parts at that time but yeah at the time but yeah it was it's, it's used on other figures everything there is nothing really special except her head skull so it's funny that you called her very shaman looking because that's how i first used her i had an orc shaman that I had customized and I kind of used her as a companion for the orc shaman. Cause I got that, that type of witch doctor voodoo queen type type feel for her. Um, as a queen, I'll be honest. I wish she had a little bit more to her. Um, mine has a customized like fur topped cape on her and just the addition of that kind of extra garment gives her a little bit more of a regal type look she's actually a figure i would love to see them revisit i would i i think that looking at queen Urx's storyline and in the recently released tharnog figure from the poxis wave it talks about uh, tharnog being a heroic orc or you know a good orc and it specifically says that you know 
he originally had used his skills as part of Queen Erxus' quiet resistance against the Orc's servitude to the legions of Erethir. Inspired by Erxus' honorable intentions, Tharnag relocated himself and offered to wield his gifts for the righteous fight. The fact that Erxa is a queen and she's fighting this this battle to uh, you know maybe break the orcs away from the legion of Erethir, it leads me to to really want to see more of that character and i would like to see them redo that you'd with, like to see urxa 2.0 yeah I, i'd like to see them give her a little bit more of a queenly type look i guess a little more regal type look that would fill out the character i mean because then you'd have that and then you'd also have her like badass kind of um uh, I mean, she kind of looks very warriorish in her current form, and then, yep. you know, then she would also have a, a more regal look. Dang, that brings me to my last one already. Or no, it's your turn, isn't it? Yeah, it's your turn. So my last one, and I've mentioned this character before, and it's very relevant because just got this character again, is the green-boned poison skeleton scaffold. Scaphoid was very early in the line, not 1.0, but close, Covenant of Shadow. So Covenant of Shadow, again, this was still a point where the line was very new. At that point, I had started popping and swapping and customizing, and I loved the Covenant of Shadow wave. You know, we, we got Baron Voligar, which was a great figure. We got, you know, I loved the Silverhorn Sentry. Um, you know, another Minotaur and Torian. There was so much in that wave I loved. And I was never a big fan of the the skeletons that had different colored bones. So I wasn't a huge fan of Clavian, the red bone skeleton. Um, when they first showed Celtus, the blue bone skeleton, I wasn't a super big fan. And I wasn't a big fan of Scaphoid with the green bones. You know what's funny? That what happened is once I got all those colors together, I became a fan of them because individually, I didn't really appreciate different color bone skeletons. But when I got them all together and I saw kind of what a variety of looks I now had in my display, my skeleton display, that's the point where I really appreciated that different approach specifically with scaphoid when i got it in hand i realized that the purple that 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 cloth like tunic and loin those are some of my favorite 1.0 pieces i find them so versatile that purple color i absolutely loved that dirty goldish armor i loved that armor i just thought the color worked really really well and then the green bones, it worked for me not only as a poison skeleton, but I get a whole series of customs that I called my ghosts of Taramore. But I almost imagine them kind of like, you know, the ghosts in Lord of the Rings, the uh, the oath breakers under the mountain. Yeah. I almost imagine them like that. So Scaphoid was one that I did not, I was not excited about. I bought one of them. In my original order, I had one of that figure. Since that period, I've probably brought another 20 of them, including what I just got from All-Stars 4. And I have in my hands here, like I can show you, right before this show, I told you I was doing, you know, a mm -hmm. video where I was painting different 
heads to match the scaphoid body because it's a fun paint match and I've literally just been scaphoiding all the things. Nice. Fun stuff. Well, that brings me down to my last figure. Did we did we not have any of the same choices? Uh, we don't. Which I, I that's th awesome. I thought I thought we might. It's like hmm, it'll be interesting. I did not order this figure. I thought it was not needed. I didn't I didn't like the head. Uh, I didn't like. I just felt we didn't need it, but I love it. Oh yes, Delta Gar. Yeah, Delta Gar the Destroyer here. Um, I bought him after the fact from Travis. I skipped him. I can't remember exactly when he came out. Was he part of So, that amazes me that you didn't like that because you really like the Mercurians, don't you? I do love the Mercurians. I didn't, I did not, in pictures, I didn't like the green. Okay. And then when I saw it in person, I was like, I like that. And I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't a fan of the, uh, and then, you know, this is, this is, this is one of the heads that, or the only head, I think, that was ever purchased where uh, a person could purchase uh, the right or the ability for the horseman to actually sculpt their likeness on a figure. It's, it was like a $10,000 stretch, stretch goal, that, if I that, remember right. It was the $10,000 bonus or whatever you call it, reward yeah. level on that advent of decay kickstarter yeah. and if i remember right, gentleman, it came from, yeah, guy delton, from michigan delton grassman delton grassman is the one that purchased that to become delta gar the destroyer isn't he a michigan guy yeah yeah i think he is it's funny because uh, where is he because he should be hanging out with us but um yeah and it was just and i love the story I, one, one thing that really made me like it is when i heard the story uh, i think it tried away is his his told this story about they originally sculpted him to be a little bit more, um, I don't know, chiseled maybe, or, yeah. you know, a little more heroic looking. And he's like, no, no, I want it to look like me. And, <laughs> and it, which I was like, you know, because at first when I saw that head, I'm like, I, I don't know. But then when I heard that story, I thought, no, I like that guy. I want that. <laughs> so now, as you see, I'm not even sporting him. I'm not, he's not even in my collection wearing the Mercurian yeah. helmet. It's wearing this Grassman guy's head. So, uh, yeah. And I got to say, if I could get my hands on another one, I would. Because I would like to have one sporting the, Mer Mer I can't say that word, Mercurian helmet. Uh, I would like to have him because he, the, the color in person when I saw it, I was like, oh, darn, I screwed up on that. And these are the lessons I learned. And I think that, that. Ever since then, I have always gone all in because now I've I learned that uh, even if it doesn't look good or I don't think it looks good, um, chances are in person it's either going to. And even if it doesn't, which it hasn't yet, I've never sold a figure. I've never sold a figure that I didn't have another one of it. So, you know, so in other words, I, I've only got one of something. I've never sold that figure because I don't need it. I've always had to at least have one of all the horsemen's figures or the, the mythic legions figures in my collection. And, um, yeah, just learned that lesson and I'm glad I did. Cause even if I didn't and I wanted to sell it, chances are I can make my money back or make more. So you might as well, if you can afford it, I realize not everybody can afford it. Get everything. You, you know what I realized recently? Actually, you know what? I might've said it on this show now that I think about it. 
um, Legion Builder reinforcements other than the Templar Knight I'm looking at the page right now the Templar and Barbarian all are the only two in that wave that I have in my collection everybody else in that wave I do not have in my collection in that form the Orc Legion Builder 1, the ske- Dude, I don't have a Skeleton Legion Builder 1 in my collection. Really? I've customized them. I, they, a Black Knight, Bronze Dwarf, I don't have any of them in my collection in that format. I did, but even the Goblin, I've customized them so many times that there have been so many instances where I'm just like, I have an idea. I mean, especially the darn goblin with all my critters where I'm like, Oh, I need, you know, I need a goblin to make a a mouse or something. So I pull my, my goblin legion builder and I'm like, I'll replace it later. But I've done it so many times that some of them, like the black knight became unreasonable for me to replace. So literally like looking at that, I didn't sell the figures and not have an extra, you know, back it up. It's just a situation where I've customized them so many times. So a wave like that, like I'm, I'm genuinely excited for that wave to replace those figures in my collection. Nice. I'm genuinely excited for that wave just because I'm genuinely excited for any wave. Yeah. Oh, but of course we all, we all are. So, so with that, um, did you get your Krampus, Steven? No, not yet. Not yet? It's on the way? I don't even know if I have a shipping notice yet, which I'm upset about. Well, I'm not upset about. I, I'm not, you know, I, I after this show, I'm going to go on the cabal and complain, but, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> no, they're, I, they're pumping them out. They're pumping them out daily. Um, the, uh, we're seeing a lot of people, I'm seeing a lot of people post that they got them in. We're seeing yeah. a lot of photos. So those are, those are arriving crazy. We started this whole conversation talking about legions con and everything. Um, talking about how we hadn't done this since legions con. We haven't done this since Krampus in figure obscura was, was introduced. So that's a whole other topic of conversation that we'll have to have to put aside for next time. Yeah, we are. Um, I'm super excited about Krampus. I will tell everybody that. And I did get two of them. And I can't wait for him to come. Travis has got his on the way. He told me. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe Jim's mad at me. And he told him to, he said, hey, get that Bishotti guy. Put him to the end of the Put line. Him to the end of the line, Chris. <laughs> so, no. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of more fun to talk about previous or in, in upcoming episodes. Uh hoping to get back a little sooner this time now that my schedule has regulated a little bit um so yeah thanks for thanks for thanks for joining me tonight that was uh it was kind of impromptu we just decided to do that this this morning and i didn't know if uh jeremy was going to have enough notice to be able to join but he did yeah you know it's I, i'm not doing too much these days so uh i've, I've got a lot of free time you do yeah. okay <laughs> Nah, this was great, man. I, I, you know, I always love doing this show. I love being a regular part of, of Legion's cast and, and talking this stuff with you. I, I, I enjoy doing it because unlike, you know, mythic conversations where 
I've got to carry the show and I've got to be the host um, to be to be the co-host on this show is uh, is a lot of fun for me. It's uh, to share that. So I look forward to doing this again with you very soon. Nice. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. We are done for the night. We're going to go to bed because, as we said, we are early risers and old. So um, until we see you again, we'll be looking for you around the land of Memphis. Oh,